All right, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rifters. Uh, while you're at, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us some love. Tell a friend. Uh, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook at Reza Riffs. Uh, I'm Keith Reza. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter as well, and Instagram at Keith Reza. Or book me on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. I'm also on this new app called Stereo at Keith Reza. It's pretty cool. Uh, Alan Lee will not be here today. We had some scheduling conflicts. And unfortunately, that's just the luck of the trade. Uh, it's a bummer, but the show must go on, as the, the wise man once said. I hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy, and all that jazz. Uh, I'm very excited for today's show. Uh, this guy has been one of my heroes growing up because he was in this movie called Mortal Kombat. And that was one of my uh, favorite movies. So I'm really excited and nervous to talk to him because uh, I get nervous when I talk to people like I really, 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 uh, really do uh, like. And, uh, you know, so it's a little, little nervousing. Uh, but I'm going to work through it. I'm going to kick ass because... Uh, Kick Gas is my middle name. Uh, Lyndon Ashby is my guest today. He's been on the movie Mortal Kombat, um, Melrose Place, uh, Teen Wolf, and he's on the show right now called Trick It. He's also a, a director who directed his first movie called Escaping My Stalker. So that's pretty cool. And uh, it's going to be fun talking to him and uh, all that jazz. So, guys, I hope you enjoy this interview with the great Lyndon Ashby. Thank you. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey, Lyndon. You there? Did that work? Yeah. Hi, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Thank you so much for doing this. It means a lot to me. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah. My, my friend interviewed you a couple years ago, and I was, like, extremely jealous of him. Uh, well, that's – I don't know about that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's cool to be here. Yeah, Steve Cooper. So he, he did the okay. Game. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm so bummed that like we're in a pandemic or whatever because I like doing interviews in studio in person. You know what I mean? I know it's 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 gotten to the point that it's just sort of. I mean, the we see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah, and we just we got to hang in there, not be stupid, and and get through this thing. Yeah. And, and I, I think we can. I think I we hope. can. But yeah, I mean, we're all so over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hope. I no. hope so because, like, with my Aspergers, it's easier with the, like in person because I could read detail more better, you know. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, like, I give my guests get like gifts, you know. And I bought you a new pair of five hundred dollars sunglasses. Right on, asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that would be, yeah, I wish we were in person too. Where do you yeah. live? Uh, I live in Huntington Beach. So LA area. Oh, a surf city, man. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I wanted to ask you, like, I, I have a lot of Mortal Kombat questions, but I want to like okay. talk. I want to talk about like other stuff too, because I know you probably get sick of Mortal Kombat. But if I get into it, forgive me. <laughs> I never get sick of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that, that's okay. I never get sick of Mortal Kombat. Awesome. So you uh, you you've been doing acting for twenty five plus years, and you just made your directing debut. What was that like? Like because you directed yourself. 35 years. 35 years. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least more. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I think I've been acting. I was just talking to somebody about it the other day. I've been in Screen Actors Guild for 38 years. Oh, wow. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, my first thing that I directed was uh, an episode of Teen Wolf. And I was, I was in that. And then I directed a movie, like a thriller for, for uh, Lifetime. Escaping my stalker. Yeah. Yep, I was in that. And then I did a romantic comedy uh, that hasn't come out yet. And then I've got two more coming up in over the next three months. Uh, oh, so awesome. I'm directing two more. So it's, it's cool. You know, I, I really, I enjoy, I enjoy directing. Um, I enjoy sort of the being able to be involved in the whole process. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. And then I don't have to worry about what I look like either. Uh, is it hard for you to uh, direct? You? No, I'm still here. Are you there? I'm here. You? Okay, we yeah. froze up for a sec. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. LA's been going through all these internet shortages too. Have you noticed that? Like. How about that? That was. Uh, did you get the Spectrum one the other night? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. Well. Not. Um, yeah. Yeah, but hopefully it work. It works. If not, uh, I'll, I'll email you. Um, but uh, if it doesn't work, where we'll do it again. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome. But uh, how is it like directing yourself as an actor? Because I know, I know, like it's either one of those things that when guys do that, it's either the best work ever like Clint Eastwood like how can you direct yourself you know what I mean like it's just kind of I think I think that uh for me it's it's easier because my mind is on so many other things um and I work a lot with Susan my wife and she's there and and you you have to have somebody that you trust uh to sort of you know watch out and and, and direct you and Susan and I worked a, a lot together. When I when I direct, she's there, and and I think hopefully we're we're co-directing these next two things um, because you know people get really nervous hiring a husband and wife, but we actually we've taught together and we see things differently and we see different things, and so the two of us together are stronger than one of us alone. Um, we complement each other and we, we, the whole is better. So I, for me, it was, it was really easy. I didn't, you know, the last thing you want to do as an actor is really think about things, you know, you don't want to, and, you know, be self-conscious. And as when I was directing, I was absolutely not self-conscious as an actor. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't have to try and please the director. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm a foreign, I, I'm like, I specialize in stand-up comedy. So like I've only okay. done, I've only done like one or two really bad movies, but I only got it because of my comedy. And I remember the guy directing me. He was like trying to change me. I was like, "You hired me for my comedy. I'm just gonna do me." You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. But now, do you do you do uh, you know as a stand-up comedian, working in front of a live audience is way easier than working in front of, you know, um, you know, doing it just on a tape or whatever, because you get that immediate feedback. You know what's working. You feed. You know, you feed off the audience, they feed off you, and it becomes this thing that 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 rolls, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, like with me, I'm probably really different because of my Asperger's. I don't see uh, social cues and I don't hear laughter. So I just go really? by, yeah, so I just go by energy. Right, right. Yeah. But how, how uh, but you, you read the energy. Yeah, I, I feel energy if people are having a good time or having a bad time or stuff like right. that. And the longer I've been doing it, the easier it got. But when I first started, it, it was like really awkward, you know? So, yeah. You Now, when you say you don't, you don't read social cues, you don't, you know, you don't pick up on social cues and you don't hear laughter. Yeah. Like... Um, like it's explain that to me all right so like uh for one thing I, I i don't know if i if what i say will piss you off or if, if you like me okay so like i'll just like oh right was, you know what i mean and uh so like you're shaking your head like it's just a question mark to me i don't know what that means you know what i mean and uh oh. I'll go like this. I'll just be like the bobbly head in the back of the car, and then you, you can just read whatever you want into it. Exactly. Um, and then, like, uh, energy, how how energy uh, works with me is when I do comedy, because I've been doing it for about 16 years, so I'm actually pretty good at it, like, not to right. boast or anything. Uh, it takes a long time. Like, eventually you'll see energy of, like, Okay, a punchline, wait three or four seconds, start the next joke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Give people a chance to either accept it or not accept it. Right, right. So, right. and the thing is, like, I, I, uh, I get a, like, I get a form with you, like, on your movies, like, Mortal Kombat, for example, you were the funny guy in the, in the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I have a feeling that you did some improving or rewriting your lines. A lot, a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, what um, was that like? Like, um, you know, we'd be we'd be in these situations, and it would just we we we, we worked on it. So we there were a lot of lines that were just rewritten, and then a lot of lines that were improvised on the spot. Um, and you know, it was a very it was a really safe kind of environment to, to work in. If something didn't work, it wasn't going to be the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'd, pr we'd try something else. We can drop back to the script. We can, we can do all kinds of things. Um, so, you know, you just felt free to, to play, to experiment, to see what happened. And trust me, some of it worked and some of it didn't. Yeah. 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 I, 
Uh, did you ever want to like write your own script? Like, is that something you've ever wanted to try? I, I, I don't know. You know, we all have our strengths and my strength, I don't think is the, the original idea, you know, yeah. that, that the blank page is a blank page to me. And I've written some stuff that I, that I like, but I'm very good at, at editing you know, it, it like taking a script and, and I can see what works and what doesn't and changing within that framework, you know, be it dialogue or just tweaking a scene or moving things around. I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Um, yeah. But the actual, the actual original idea isn't necessarily my strength. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm pretty good at, cause I also write scripts. I mean, I haven't sold mm -hmm. any, but I have like four feature films I've finished. And the way, like, I taught myself how to write is, like, if I'm writing a story, I would imagine who actors, like, oh, I want Lyndon Ashby for this part. I'll write right. it for him. You know what I mean? And, right. Uh, you, you hear a voice in your, in your head, you, you, and, you, and you write to that person, which is great because I think so many people, you know, I read scripts, and the characters all have the same voice. Yeah. And I think that's great that you do that, that you... You know, you have an idea in your head, so they have different voices, and that—that's—that's that's great. Yeah. So yeah. I have I have a, a buddy comedy movie with uh, you and John Cusack. So once we get that green lighted, we're rocking and rolling. Let's do it. Talk to John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I've met. He's I've, great. Oh, you've you've met him? I don't I don't know him at all, but oh. I, I really I like his work a lot. Yeah, I, I saw him because what he does is he takes his movie, he takes his movies and he, he tours like big theaters, which you should probably do with Mortal Kombat. And uh, he sells it out and he does a Q&A like with all the fans and stuff. It's like pretty cool. So mm -hmm. I went because I, I'm like mm -hmm. the John Cusack of stand up comedy. I just say anything, you know, and uh, <laughs> I went. See, that was uh -huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding up the I'm holding up the the, the thing, uh, the the boombox. Yeah, so I went and uh, you know he, he's actually very funny, and I was just thinking like for a guy to do that with his classic movies, that's pretty incredible, you know. So that's really cool. That's really yeah. cool. I wonder what the the uh, you know the royalty issue is on that because you you know, you got to pay an, a, an exhibition fee, I would imagine, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if you rewrote Mortal Kombat, you kind of have like the rights to it, like a form of it, right? So you could just... Um, I think, I, I don't know, somebody probably owns the title. I'm sure somebody owns the rights to that. Uh, they're making a new movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, they would probably be like, no, Lyndon, you can't just write Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> That's not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, I'd be like, what? It's spelled with a C, Mortal Kombat. It's not K. <laughs> it's a different story. I wrote it for John Cusack and Keith Reza. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, another question I had is you're, you're in a lot of sequels, but you're not uh, like in the original. You always do the sequels, like Wild Things, uh, Anacondas all that stuff. What's that like going from 
you know, like, do you watch the original uh, and get an idea of the stories or the timelines? I, I, I had a house. I had a wife. I had two kids. I had college. I had school. I had cars. I had dogs. I had cats. I had horses. Uh, so I did a lot of movies with a lot of numbers behind them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, but I never, I, you know, everyone goes, oh, you did it for a paycheck. And, and I go, yeah. yeah. Um, but I also worked for that paycheck. I never phoned it in. I was never disrespectful to the material. I tried my best to make it as good as it could possibly be. Um, but yeah, I had, you know, man, I had bills to pay. Yeah. Uh, that, that was life. I've, you know, I've kind of, you know, the girls are grown and things have worked out well. And uh, so now I'm, I mean, a bit more selective about, well, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do, which yeah. is a great place to be in your life. Yeah. That's, I wish I was that in that point in my career because I'm at, I'm at the point where I have to take whatever I get offered. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm, dude, I've been there, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I don't really want to do this. I'm hoping it gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only had one, I only had one project like that where I did a pilot and I was like, oh, please God, please God, please God, don't let this thing get picked up. Uh, uh, but I'm not going to talk about that and I'm not going to name any names. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but that's the only one. Everything, everything else, I've, I've, there's been something about almost all the stuff, really actually all the stuff that I've done that I either, I really enjoyed the work, I enjoyed the people, I enjoyed the process. I, I worked with great people. I met amazing people. I went to amazing places in the world. Um, I've lived a really, really charmed life. Yeah. Um, I've never had to do anything other than be an actor. Uh, and I've made a good living at it. And, and whew, how many people can say that? Exactly. Now, how, how, as an artist, how does it feel? Because, like, uh, in the 80s and 90s and the early thousands, like, movie theaters were big. And now mm -hmm. it's like uh, streaming, YouTube, stuff like that. Like, how does that change your artistic view? Um, I think there's so much more good content right now, truthfully. Mm -hmm. I think there's, like, I'm starting, uh, I started this past week. Um, you know, I'm doing this little uh, indie film. Um, really cool script. Uh, I think that the, it's a smaller crew. Um, we're shooting here in LA and working with great people and it's, it's just fun. And there's, there's, there's more content out there. There's more good content. Um, and you can do things at a lower budget. I mean, when I, I remember the late eighties, you know, doing a low budget film mm -hmm. and, and it was, Oh, this is a low budget movie. And it was, you know, $3 million budget. Wow. It's like, that's yeah, like a right? big budget right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's either, it'd be a really comfortable budget or, you know, big budget is ridiculously big. Yeah. Um, I think some of the most creative storytelling right now is in television. Um, I think that there's such great stuff happening there. Um, and it's just a different format to tell your stories, but you can tell so much 
of a, uh, there are stories that lend themselves to film and stories that lend themselves to a, a long format. And I just, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good stuff out there and there. And you see people that you've never seen before. And there's so many good actors and great directors and, and great writers and great producers. And um, people are just hitting it out of the park right now. I wish I was, I was like 20 again for a yeah. lot of different reasons, but I, I just think it's such a cool time to be in this 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 business in this world, you know. Would you say like that was part of the thing that uh, drew you to Teen Wolf by the storytelling? Um, I can tell you exactly what drew me to Teen Wolf. I I, I got this appointment to, uh, for Teen Wolf. They sent me the script. I looked at it and I went, "Really, Teen Wolf? They're yeah. they're redoing that." Uh, <laughs> Um, and then I read it and it was a great script Yeah, and I was like wow and then got the project you know did it um, I remember the first cast read through table read and I watched Dylan and Tyler and Tyler and Crystal and you know Holland and and we, we went through this this script and it's a table read so they're terrible usually right. and at that table read you could you could tell that this was potentially something really special yeah. and i remember and i went up to i went up to posey and uh and, and dylan afterwards i go hey you guys want to go get a beer and they're like we just turned 18 we can't drink um <laughs> and, and, and did you say you know, okay i'll buy you some <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, yeah, let's go to 7-Eleven. I'll go in and get you a case. Um, the, the, uh, they, were, they were such kids, but they were so talented. I think that, you know, I've been lucky enough to be on a few things like that where you look around and you realize that, that you caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And it's this sort of something really special is happening. Um. And you, you think you know it. And then I remember seeing, you know, the pilot for Team Wolf in the first season and just going, good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. And I remember, I remember talking to my manager and agent at the time and going to about Dylan going, hey, and, and Tyler, they're, you know, these kids, if you're interested, you should, you should chase them hard because there's something special here. Yeah. Did you say they're going to be the new Linda Nashby? No, they could never be that. They'll be much better than that. <laughs> they will be much better than that. Uh, um, yeah. When you, that's uh, another thing, you know, it segueing into that, you, that's the fun thing is yeah. that you are the best you that exists in the universe. I'm the best me that exists in the universe. Um, we could read the exact same thing, do the exact same thing, and it'll be filtered through us and come out completely different. Yeah. And I, and so when people try to be other people or imitate other people or, you know, I, I get it sometimes, but I'm like, you're never going to be as good as them. But, yeah. you know, there there's also that thing of like that people do a little what is it? You steal from one person, you're a plagiarist. You steal from three people, you're a genius. 
Um, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, but it, it, and if I do something, if I took something, I could do it and think I'm doing an exact imitation of what what I took. And the truth is, is that it's still coming out of me. So it's going to be different. Yeah, that's I don't know how I sidetracked on that, but. I think so many people don't think about that. They they uh, they try to be something else other than what they are, and what they are is enough. No, I I totally agree with that because it seems like uh, actors, you know, they they'll try and change who they're not are they are like for a script. Like I'm not saying that it's bad or whatever. Like Daniel Day Lewis, I think he's one of oh, the best actors. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's yeah he's a chameleon. He's brilliant but he's he's never loses sight of you know immersing yourself into a character is a completely different thing yeah um but he doesn't try to be someone else he's daniel day lewis he is he is he knows that's what that old thing of like he knows he's enough yeah he's yeah and I can tell by your work, like you do that too, but you also let people know, hey, you're Lyndon Ashby too. You know, like you're right. You can right. Um, I I uh, I've gone through different phases or growth periods in my life where I felt really comfortable in my skin, and then periods where I didn't feel comfortable at all with who or what I was and tried to be something different um and that's not i'm not talking about growth i'm talking about i'm talking about just not being uncomfortable with you don't think you're enough you're 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 uncomfortable in your own skin you're uncomfortable with the whole thing um and only as i've you know as i've gotten older certainly i you know it's that 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 thing where you go i wish i knew then what i know now yeah um but that's part of growing uh but yeah it's nice to be okay with who you are yeah and what you are yeah it's nice that's a that's a gift yeah oh uh, when you were doing uh i'm gonna say the last name wrong because i have a speech stutter but white herb yeah. yeah 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 uh did you like because uh, you were playing a real historic figure? Did you ever like do research or how did you like? Oh, get it out yeah, part? I mean, I mean, the um, it's interesting because the film at the o or you know, the scene at the OK Corral mm. that is the actual dialogue that occurred in reality. Oh, nice. um, I, that's one film that I wish I don't have many regrets in, in, in my life, but I wish that's a film I wish I could go back and do again because I was I was so scared you know basically uh i was it was my this giant movie and i was the only person i'd never heard of and and uh and i just i was worried about fucking up instead of just being present you know yeah um i was worried with the result instead of being in the moment for the process and and it was so much fun it was so much fun. We got to do this big giant Western for six months. Uh, and it was like a dream come true. And I, I, that's the one I'd, I'd like to get back and be able to take another crack at. 
Yeah. So you go on your time machine and refilm it the exact same way, or would you change? Different? Oh no, I cha- I would change my I change how I did stuff. Uh, I okay. totally change how I you know I'd, I'd be I'd have way more fun. <laughs> I'd have way more fun. I I always thought like westerns were probably the best films to make because if you're not shooting, you could ride a horse or something. Yeah, I had my own horse there. You know, oh, did mine, but it was like it was my character's horse, so. I'd go ride, what was his name? I can't remember the name of that horse, but so I could go ride the horse and hang out and do cowboy stuff. And and we learned, you know, like quick draw and stuff like that and gun tricks and and um, that was fun. And, you know, but the, the difference between my comfort level in that movie and then my comfort level in, in, in Mortal Kombat are night and day. I was completely comfortable in, yeah. in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I saw Mortal Kombat, I was eight years old and my dad took me to go see it. And uh, my mom has this whole thing of no violence. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. uh, we, we snuck out. And uh, then like six months later, my dad and my mom are watching it on the TV. I was like, it's a very yeah. critical of my mom. You know what I mean? Yep. But yep. uh I, I think I related to your character the most because I've always wanted to be an actor and I've always wanted to uh, fight to show people who I really am. You know what I mean? And I think that that's why Johnny Cage really connects to a lot of the Mortal Kombat fans. Are you there? I'm losing. That's cool. Oh. I like that. I like that. No, I'm here. Hang uh, on. I see I'm, you. You see oh, okay, me? Am cool. I moving? Yeah, I see you. Okay, cool. Uh, do you, do you remember what I, I last said, or do I need to repeat it? No, I do. And I said, and I said, uh, that what did I say? I said I think that's cool, and I I I liked that that character was relatable like that. Yeah. Uh, so how is like so how is that like like on the script if you could change one thing about the mortal Kombat script like would you prefer to fight sub-zero or would you keep on fighting scorpion uh scorpion yeah sub-zero probably just would have frozen me yeah (laughs) but uh so like that was fun so like how is that like like on the fighting because you you have a martial arts background and stuff like filming is probably what I, I do i mean i i i i had a lot of i had a boxing background uh, and i had a little bit of martial arts background but you know i wasn't a great martial artist i was a pretty good athlete and since then i mean i still study now um yeah. i still train uh and you know tang Do and have a great time i love it i enjoy it uh, I learned something new every class. I, I, uh, I like the fitness involved. I like the, I, I still, I still love martial arts. Um, and I've gone through periods in my life where I didn't train and didn't, you know, for a couple of years at a time and then I'll come back. And then it was funny because when I was younger, I would, you know, go on location in a different city somewhere. And I'd be living in a hotel and I would just find a place, whatever was closest to the hotel. 
Yeah. And so I studied, you know, Taekwondo, I studied karate, I did Tang Soo Do, Wing Chun, uh, um, any martial, you know, uh, Krav Maga, whatever was close, I, I would just study, you know, and just go in and, and go, okay, hey, I'm here, can I, can I take class? And they'd be like, yeah. And so I would just start as a white belt and learn whatever they had to offer. Um, I was never like a belt conscious person. I just wanted to kind of see what's what with a lot of different forms and styles and yeah. discipline. I took karate because I wanted to prove that it would be cool to have a ponytail as an adult. How'd that work out? <laughs> I don't have a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your head. Let me see. Uh, uh, but, uh, but you know, when my, one of my best, best friends, and he's got this ponytail that he tucks into his shirt and it, I mean, it's down to its waist. <laughs> and, uh, and I've never, I've been friends with him for a long time and I've never seen it out of the, out of the, the, the braid. Yeah. Um, or he just takes rubber bands and he does it the whole way down. And I'm like, dude, before I die, I want to see it in its glory. <laughs> it's like, and he's got a big old gnarly mustache. And I'm like, you'll be like, you'll be like Gandalf. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's uh, like okay yeah that's good let me have another beer uh, uh, yeah. now uh i heard that you have your own plane is that true i did for years i don't i don't now um but i did yep for years i had a, a piper saratoga and great airplane love flying and you know, and I sold it and just, you know, haven't really thought about it much in a lot of years. I, I still, I still enjoy airplanes. Uh, I, I, yeah, no, I did. Yeah. Once upon a time I did. And then we got horses and I figured you can only spend stupid money on one stupid thing. <laughs> uh, so the horses won out because the girls liked him and Susan liked him. And I was probably the only one who really liked the airplane. Yeah. But is it fun uh, driving an airplane or is it like hard? It is. It is. It's uh, the actual flying I found really intuitive and, and, and I took to it pretty well. And, and I did some, you know, aerobatic stuff and unusual flight attitudes and seaplane stuff. And, uh, and I liked it, you know, the communications and, and understanding airspace in is, is for me the most challenging part because it changes all the time. And it's funny, I've been, I've, uh, I've got a drone and it's looking at those, those maps again, those charts and seeing controlled airspace, what kind, you know, it used to be ABC, I think, and now it's, uh, like it goes different levels and, but it's still, it's restricted airspace. You got your ceilings, you got, you know, minimum flight altitudes, maximum flight altitudes, where you can fly, where you can't fly, who you need to talk to if you're gonna fly there. Yeah. It's all, that part was pretty complicated. But on the flip side, having those guys out there, you know, uh, to talk to, you know, tower or control. And you, if you ever got, in a situation where you're in unfamiliar airspace or you something went wrong or you didn't quite know where you were 
and this was when GPS was pretty, I mean, we had yeah, GPS, so, new, yeah. uh, but it was cool. Um, you could talk to those guys and just, all you got to do is ask for help yeah. and they are there to help you out. You might be, people are kind of a, afraid of them in a weird way. Those guys, that's what they're there for. They're there to, to make sure everyone gets where they're going in one piece. Yeah. Um, and I hear, I read about plane crashes, particularly private airplane crashes. And I just think to myself, all that person had to do was go, I don't know where I am. I've lost visibility, you know, and they'd and those guys would have said, keep your head down. We're going to vector you in, fly this heading, you know, maintain this altitude, blah, blah, blah. And they would have talked them in, they would have gotten them where they were going. Yeah. And no one died. I think crashes like scare me because when I was a kid, I always wanted to be like a, a guy who flies uh, spaceships, but yeah, spaceships yeah. around. Me too. I did too. <laughs> so, me too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I would think crashing because you see guys like uh, Harrison Ford, who's like the best, you know, pilot in Star Wars, but in real life, he's crashed like four times and you think, holy Lord. You know what I mean? So, it happens. <laughs> my, my favorite story is I had a buddy of mine and he uh, he he flew medevac choppers in Vietnam and uh, and then he had a, he had an airplane and and he had a landing gear that wouldn't come down so he had to belly land the thing and I said well Jesus George I said were you were you scared and he goes well no one was shooting at me <laughs> I was like okay uh, uh like I, I see your wanted, point. I always wanted to be that cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to go back to Mortal Kombat for a second. Okay. Because I remember growing up, there was all this talk about a Mortal Kombat 3 that never happened. But it said that you were going to start. Is there any way you could talk about that? Or like what was... Um, well, I... You know, Mortal Kombat 2... I was doing a TV series when it came out and then they, they wrote, you know, this part where I died and, and wasn't really in it. And then they didn't sort of want to, it's a lot of stuff that happened, but they didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't make sense for me to do it at the time. Uh, it's probably a good I, move. Yeah. It just wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, but I always, you know, and I, it's funny cause Paul Anderson and I are, and Robin are still really close. Yeah. And we hang out and we'll, you know, do stuff. And, and it's like, there's a new Mortal Kombat coming out. And, and I think it's, look, reinventing James Bond is amazing. You know, what yeah. Daniel Craig, that you reinvent a franchise. And you don't want Roger Moore or George Lazaby or Sean Connery around there or, or, who was Timothy? Timothy Dalton was he a James uh, Bond? Yeah, uh, it was also yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Um, but you know, you want to, you don't bring the old James Bond back. You have the new James Bond. It's a new franchise, and so I kind of got why they didn't want us around in Mortal Kombat. But I think there was a pretty cool opportunity to have these legacy characters and then introduce new yeah. characters. And I think that that might, I, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's what Paul wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, do it, dude. Let's go. Uh, 
I mean, I think there's such a fondness in that fan base for the original Mortal Kombat that um, I think people would have liked to have seen us there. Yeah, I, I don't know if you uh, are on Twitter that much, but uh, uh, one of the producers of the new Mortal Kombat like kind of said, uh, who should be Johnny Cage? And I tweeted, Lyndon Ashby. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, did you say, who should be Johnny Cage? And you're like, uh, Johnny Cage. Yeah, exactly. But like, uh, but I mean, that would make sense because in the games right now, Johnny Cage is kind of an old guy, you know what I mean? And his daughter's... No, no, I mean like, but like <laughs> he has a daughter with Sonya. Yeah, Cassie. Yeah, yeah, I know. That would be really cool. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was another question I had, like was on Mortal Kombat, like uh, how cool was Bridget? Because she was like my first crush. Bridget was great. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't kept up with Bridget. You know, life takes you in different directions. I love Bridget. Yeah. Uh, I love Talisa. And, you know, the, the four of us spent a lot of time together. And uh, Bridget was great. Yeah. Bridget was great. Bridget was cool. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine she still is. Yeah. Because uh, I saw her in a Last Action Hero. Did you ever see that movie? Sure. Yeah, it was a terrible movie, but she was awesome in it. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't she in uh, uh, that Adam Sandler movie, too? Uh, Billy Madison, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, do, do you know that when you did the Mortal Kombat video game, how much fans you made happy? Like, good. I good. mean, like, good. I, I, you know, and I'm not a gamer, um, yeah. which is funny. Um, but it was it was really interesting to do, and I gotta tell you, I was kind of taken back. I'm like, wait, this is so violent. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm like holding up somebody's head and doing a puppet voice, and you know, it's a. Uh, it was like, gee whiz. Uh -huh. Man. Uh, well, I have three more questions. Okay, like, go ahead. I want to respect your time, but uh. On uh, uh, when when you were uh, doing the scenes with Goro, like what was that like? Because it was a puppet. Like I, I think that that was a big budget thing. Oh yeah, no, he was uh, he was the most advanced animatronic being that had ever been made for a film at that time. Yeah. Um, and he was such a pain in the ass. He never worked right. The poor guy who had to be inside couldn't breathe and couldn't see. And he Goro all like his servos overheated and he just had been going, ah, 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 and he'd freeze up and uh he was uh the the action that he could do was pretty limited if you didn't want to get stuck there all day dealing with him yeah so is that why the fight scene was so short with you guys yeah it was supposed to be a big fight scene and then it got cut way 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 down yeah. no awesome no. And but then, I think that was one of those lines uh, that was an improvised line. The sunglasses? Yep. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Yep. I also had a feeling the talent agent one was. Yep. Probably. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, another question, like, this is just for me. This isn't really for anyone else, but because, I, like, I'm in love with stand-up comedy. Have, mm -hmm. was, there, was there ever a time in your career where you thought maybe you wanted to try that? I'm not. You know, I think I'm funny, but I'm not sure anyone else does. Oh. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I think you're funny. And it's, yeah, well, thank you. I think you're funny. Oh, thanks. Um, so the, that makes two of us. But uh, <laughs> no, short answer, no. Uh, no, okay. yeah. And then yeah. the last question I had for you is, uh, if you could go back in time, you already said you would do a white or but cancel wild or how would you re uh, redo your career when you first started? Like, would you do less daytime soaps or more pilots or? Well, the funny thing was, is that like back when I started, everybody did daytime soaps. When you're starting out, we were all yeah. in New York. It's like, it's like what people did. I mean, I was on that and did loving and, and like, Brian Cranston and Luke Perry and, you know, and Kevin Bacon was on a soap and Meg Ryan was on a soap and Alec Baldwin was on a soap. And, you know, we all, you started out in soaps and you, that's, you got your kind of cut your teeth. You got your experience. And I did a soap in the day and I did theater at night. And I'm thinking back, I'm like, God, when did I sleep? Uh, and it was, uh, it was a great, training ground you could you could learn really good habits or you could learn really bad habits um but yeah i'd have jumped off that and gone to la and like i say if i could just have been a little more comfortable in my own skin i think that uh i think i would have done better uh, yeah hey, can i ask you one more question of course <laughs> okay so uh who is the most intimidating actor you've ever acted with? And they don't necessarily have to be like a bad person or a drama queen, but like they were just intimidating being around. Well, like that goes like to people that you just like it, you know, you're in your head going, oh my God, I can't believe I'm working with this person. Yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Uh, yeah. First of all, he's really tall. He's like, oh, six is he? Four. Yeah, he's like six four, And I'm like, all I could think of was like, that's Gene Hackman, <laughs> <laughs> which probably wasn't helping in the scene. Um, okay. Yeah, instead of like calling him his character's name, I'm like, okay, Mr. Hackman. <laughs> uh, uh, that and I don't know. Yeah, that would probably be it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually, I actually asked Gene Hackman if I could interview him, but his manager's like, uh, he's retired. He doesn't do interviews, and I was like. I think that's why it's a perfect time to interview. <laughs> I know he, uh, it's funny. Gene, Gene said that he was going to retire back then. He goes, I'm too old to play dress up. Yeah. Um, I was like, no, oh, man, you're great. Uh, yeah. Well, where, where can the folks at home follow you? Twitter, Instagram? Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, it's Lyndon Ashby. Lyndon Ashby, that's just me. Um, and Twitter, or I mean, Instagram, it's Lyndon underscore Ashby because there's a Lyndon Ashby who's not me but seems to be better at Instagram than I actually am so the fake me is better than the real me yeah. but uh it's kind of weird to have a fake me yeah that, uh, yeah yeah I, I have a couple like not to brag but I have a couple fake me's too and it's kind of nice. weird it's kind of it like, weird it's like that's not me you know what I mean like yeah I know I know, I know. it's weird internet could be scary sometimes or just don't really take it that seriously. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I 
I, I, I actually, I enjoy Twitter. I don't do it as much as I used to, but uh, I actually, and, and Instagram, and I like, I kind of, I like interacting with people with, yeah. with you know, I, I enjoy that interaction. Um, and I think that people are like, aren't, you know, you worried about like, you know, people being mean and stuff. I'm like, no, people who follow me are really cool for the most part. I, um, I've only had a couple people kind of come at me online. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey man, you're following me. I'm not following you. So if you don't like what I'm saying, turn the dial. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I try to not get overly political. I try not to, sometimes you can't help it. Uh, you got to kind of give a voice to what you think, but my opinion is no more valid than anyone else's. And I never really kind of kid myself and think it is. Um, so yeah, I like, I like Twitter and I like Instagram. Well, Lyndon, uh, thank you so much. I know you get a lot of requests and especially right now with like this whole, whatever's going on, you know, thank you for taking time just to talk to me. And that it really means a lot to me. Um, thank you for talking to me. It means a lot to me too. All right. When this is over, let, let's do it in person and let's hang out. I'd here. love that. I'd love that. All right, Lyndon. Have a good day, buddy. Take care. Bye. See Bye. You. All right, guys. That was my interview with Lyndon Ashby. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review, and follow him on Twitter. And uh, it was fun, man. Holy Lord. That was a great interview. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.